is the album collection, one of the two new podcasts that we're debuting this week um, on Raised On It. It's part of the Raised On It podcast network. Uh, earlier in the week, yesterday, we released two episodes from our new show, Video Vault, where we go back and chat about some of the more iconic country music videos. But with this podcast, the album collection, uh, this one's going to be for the country music nerds, the diehards who like the deep album cuts and just really like dissecting albums. So that's that's the theme of this one. We're going to go back um, and just, you know, chat about some of the, you know, more well-known albums and maybe some of the lesser known albums that had some had some good songs on them that we feel may may have been overlooked by by people. So Emily, thanks again for joining me. And with this first one on the album collection, we're tackling Sarah Evans' album, Born to Fly. Oh, yeah. This was like, uh, I had this CD and it came out when I was like six or seven. And I just like, I know you don't spin CDs like you would records, but I spun the hell out of this one. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my... Uh, my favorites growing up. I love, love, love Sarah Evans. So when I listen back to it, I'm like, why do I know the words to this song? Like, it's weird how your brain works and like the lyrics that you remember 20 years later, you know? Yeah. So this album was her third studio album at this point. Uh, it was released in the fall of 2000 and this album ended up being nominated for five CMAs. Um, let me clarify that this, due to this album, whether it's song, single, music video, um, garnered five CMA nomina- nominations, um, nominated for Album of the Year, but lost out to Oh Brother, Where Art, Art Thou, Song of the Year, lost out to, this is a very random one, uh, it's called Murder on Music Row. Um, what the heck? It was, what? yeah, it was by these guys... Larry Cordell and Lonesome Standard Time. They're a bluegrass band, and uh, I guess George Strait and Alan Jackson ended up covering it. So, yeah, this is a, a wild time. Uh, single of the year, lost out to I Am a Man of Constant Sorrow by the Soggy Bottom Boys. What uh, the heck was going on like 20 years ago? Jeez, I'm so glad Twitter wasn't around. I'm oh, going on Yeah. Uh, and then the two others. Um, she was Sarah Evans was nominated for Female Vocalist of the Year, but lost out to Leanne Womack. But um, she did take some some hardware home for Music Video of the Year for Born to Fly oh, album, yeah. two times platinum. So it, it it got some hardware, but but not all the hardware it was nominated for. It's weird to me, like looking back. I don't know why, but I always like imagine this is her first album. Um, yeah, I think like Born to Fly did so much for her career. It's just like it's amazing how much power like a song has, and then all the other singles that came from the album just like were hit after hit after hit, and it really like she had a good good run for like four or five years there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll jump into the songwriters. So um, I'm just gonna list off some of these songwriters and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as we do these podcasts, I think you're going to notice the theme with these albums that stand out. It's it's and that's what country music is. It's the it's the stories that are being told. And these songwriters, man, they 
they they have some yeah. some crazy good credits to them. Uh, Marcus Hammon, he wrote Born to Fly. You know, we know him from writing uh, God Bless the Broken Road, Ready to Run, Cowboy Take Me Away. He's uh, Levi's dad. <laughs> Levi Hammon's dad. Um, Darnell Scott, another songwriter. Uh, he wrote Travis Tritt's It's a Great Day to Be Alive. Um, as well as being a, a songwriter on Born to Fly, uh, you know, just going down the list here, um, you know, and even like Sarah herself, like I feel like you forget that she's also writes songs. I mean, she, I mean, how many does she have? Like, she has credits on like over half the album. I think so. Yeah, um, definitely a majority of them, or half maybe exactly. So I don't know. I just I. I feel like maybe just because I was younger, but it wasn't just talked about much as like who wrote what song. Maybe like social media has something to do with that, but you didn't really know as much about songwriters or what artists wrote their own songs as much as we do now. Right. And then you, I mean, you have some of the bigger names nowadays, like Hillary Lindsay is a, a songwriter on this album. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brett James, you know, him and Hillary Lindsley wrote Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood. Um, you know, there's go down the laundry list here and it's, you know, uh, Tony Martin, he wrote Tim McGraw's just to see you smile. So I'll, there's a lot of quality songwriters on here. So you mentioned that, you know, we're under the impression, you know, growing up that this is, you know, this might be her first album, but really it's her third. So she was yeah. clearly doing something right. People saw something in her that she was getting right. getting these good co-writes. And I think that's really neat when you look at the, the whole the whole collection of the album. Right. Uh, producers. <clears throat> so Sarah Evans is a producer on this, which I think just is, is great. And I think a lot of artists try to do that. But I think it's easier said than done sometimes. Uh, but then the other producer on this is, uh, Paul Worley. And the interesting thing with Paul Worley is, um, he's a producer. He worked with big and rich. Uh, he worked on the Dixie chicks, wide open spaces and fly albums. Uh, so yeah. Um, and the interesting thing with him is he was the, um, lady antebellum producer after Warner brothers wouldn't sign them. So he ended up, yeah. So he ended up leaving Warner Brothers and ended up producing them on Capitol Records. So uh, that's crazy. You know, he's he's the, one of the main producers on this album as well. So it's clearly star-studded list of songwriters and producers that just completely set the table for this album. Yeah, that's crazy. Like how it's all intertwined. Yeah. Uh, Album reviews. So, according to the experts, did you have anything that you were able to f- dig up? I mean, I have, I have my own reviews. I feel like it was. I mean, commercially, it was a success. I don't know if like people, like real critics, loved it, but. So I, I tried doing I some. Know. I tried doing some digging, but. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot out there. Um, I did find one. It's from a, a blog that's no longer in operation. So I, I think they they might have wrote this maybe ten years ago in in retrospect of the album. Uh, so I I, th- I thought it was really I thought it was kind of 
interesting. It kind of puts it into perspective where she was in her career at the time and that she needed it. So one of the things they say is, as the third release of her career after one album that flopped in a second moderately successful release, this album would make or break Sarah Evans' career. The title mm-hmm. cut from her previous album, No Place That Far, was a hit, but the other two singles weren't as successful. So she sorely needed to come back with a bang. Long story short, she did. So, um, yeah, this this put her on a trajectory that she's... I'm not going to say yeah. she's necessarily a country legend, but everyone in country music knows her and adores her. So, um, Right. And you think about that, too. Like, even, I mean, it's, I think it's just a different, obviously, world, like, these days. But even if you look back at... Um, like a Tim McGraw or Kenny Chesney, some of their first albums, you can't really like find the singles on there. And I feel like these days, who waits around for a third album for an artist? You know, that's true. Yeah, especially nowadays in the digital era, where it's it's like if you can make it quicker, but I feel like the the timeline is is definitely shrunk. Uh, yeah, as far as if you don't have that hit song or that hit mm-hmm. album. It's probably not going to happen, which is sad, but I mean, yeah. So let's talk about the singles. So the songs that were released as official radio singles, uh, the songs that were released, uh, born to fly went to number one. I could not ask for more went to number two saints and angels went to number 16 and I keep looking went to number five. So, Total of four songs released from the album as singles. In your mind, do you think that those are the right songs to release as singles? Do they do a good job selecting that? I do. And I also think it's interesting how they're the first four on the album, which is also, I feel like, a throwback thing. Like, I feel like years ago, you had your stronger songs at the beginning. And then I don't want to say like weaker ones, but the ones that, you know, probably singles like later in the album um yeah I don't it's hard because knowing what you know not like if you listen to an album now you're like oh this should be the next single and fans like link onto it and eventually it does whereas like I don't know 20 years ago I had this album and I just listened to it and I just I knew all the songs I didn't really care what the next single was because mm-hmm. I had them all in my little walk band yeah I think I'm totally in agreement with you. They made the right choice on these four. I think particularly with Born to Fly. Obviously, they they named the album after it, and right. it ended up being a smash hit that just took off. And it's definitely one of the two or three main songs that when you hear someone say Sarah Evans, you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Born to Fly. Like that's that's right. who she is. And I think. I think in, in that in that aspect, I think they nailed it because, you know, even I think even if they would have, you know, I could not ask for more, went to number two, and I keep looking with number five. So two other top five hits, even if even if those would have hung around in the teens where Saints and Angels did, I, I still think they made the right choice because Born to Fly went to number one. And it was just that career defining single for her. Right. Where, like, probably any song she would have put out afterwards would have done well. 
uh, just by recognition. But okay, can I say one thing about this album? Why are the songs so long? Like you notice that? Like four like, and a half. She's done five, singing and it's yeah. instrumental for another minute. I just like I'm looking at it right now. The shortest song is like three and a half minutes. The longest one is just over six minutes. I don't I don't know like I don't get it. Was that the thing to do? Maybe maybe it's just the art, you know. It's the the way that the, they felt the song should start or end. But I listen to Born to Fly, and it's like, all right, I know it's over. Like, it'll keep playing for another minute, but I, I'm skipping to the next song. Yeah, there's there's a good minute or so of just banjo in that one. I think, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's a good ob- observation for sure. Uh, so we talked about the singles. Let's go to Hidden Gems. So these are the under-the-radar songs that, even though we think they made the right call with these the original four singles, we still would have liked to have these songs released as official singles. So do you have any Hidden Gems on this album for you? So when I found out that Hillary Lindsay wrote 4.30, I liked the song more. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but it's just, I was like, oh, well, it's Hillary Lindsay, so now it really is a good song. Um, I don't know. And I am trying to think of like, they all sounded familiar when I, I listened back. I remember just, and it was a single, but I Keep Looking was my jam. And I know that's really? not like Hidden Jam or the Hidden Jam we're looking for. Yeah, I loved that song. And, I don't know why, but I just, when I didn't think it was a single either, like when I was going through the album, like, oh, I know the song. And then I was like, Oh, it was a single. Like, I don't remember that. I just remember it was part of like my favorite album growing up. I didn't realize it was like on the radio. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Cause when you're, when you're a little girl and you're playing on your boom box, you're just like, these are 12, 13 songs I can listen to over and over again. And I mean, this, I think I'm I'm totally re- relating to you because it was before we had iPods and Spotify and Apple where you, you didn't hear your favorite song whenever you wanted to. It was before YouTube. Uh, right. So it was like, these are your songs that you listen to over and over again. And if you like that yeah. song, you could play it whenever you wanted um, for the most part. Right. Um, there, there are two for me on this one that I, I think are hidden gems. I just think the the quality of the song is really good, the storytelling. Um, so those two are "Show Me the Way to Your Heart" and "Let's Dance." I just think those are just some some hidden gems that um, mm-hmm. you know. Listening back to you again after you listen to some of the hidden gems, and I'm sure this is for you with uh, four thirty. It's kind of like all right, like maybe they should have released this as a single. Like, that, you know. <laughs> There's and, and I think that's the case with with this album is there's so many good quality songs that you know I, I like we said I think they made the right decisions but um, right I, if they would have gone you know some of these other ones I, I think I'm I think they would have been kind of a, a similar result uh, so in the same vein let's play matchmaker you okay wanna, you want to do that um, sure so. I, we can, I mean, we don't have to do this for every song, but were there songs as you listen to the album again that stood out and they could be one of your hidden gems? Are these, are there any songs that you heard and you're like, 
you know, it'd be really cool is if this artist went back and cut this song. Cause we, we see it from time to time, you know, an artist will come up with a new song and you're like, Oh, that was originally by so-and-so 20 years ago, but it just didn't didn't get released as a single. Um, so playing matchmaker, do you have any, you know, perfect matches in your mind? Hmm. Um, I think it'd be cool if like, as a duet, they would like re redo. Um, I could not ask for more. Ooh, yeah. I don't know, like who necessarily would do that because I want like a, I want a strong male voice. Like I want like a Shay, like Shay Moody. I don't want like a Thomas Rhett, um, or even like a Luke Combs would be really good on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's hard because I can't hear any other woman singing it. But maybe it would be. Nice to have like a male perspective on it. Yeah. One of the things I was struggling with, with this category is Sarah Evans's voice is. Yes. It's, it's so distinguishable. Yes. And I, I can't, I can't describe it. And then when I was thinking like how, you know, which artists nowadays could record it. And, and I'd think of someone I'm like, could they like, I don't know, maybe their voice is too high or their, their voice is too low or that's, that's not. And I was, I was struggling for a while. So I I think I listened to the album maybe two or three times over and over just on the way to work and home and stuff, just to, to get an idea of like, Oh, who could release this today? So I have four of them and I'll throw them out there and you can go and listen to this on your own. Emily and anyone else listening and just kind of, you know, let us know if, if you agree, but, uh, let's dance after a while. It kind of screamed to me that it could be a Carly Pierce song. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even lady antebellum. Um, why should I care? Uh, that one, Cassidy Pope, it just, it screams Cassidy Pope to me. Really? Yeah. And that's one that I would like to see turn into a duet. Um, Cassidy Pope with someone else, uh, there's just something about it where I'm like, there's, there's something there that, yeah. that could be used. Um, and then a, a couple others, show me the way to your heart. I think, you know, a group like runaway June, they do well with it. Um, and then I threw Marin Morris on you don't, but it, it's, it's so tricky. There's, it, it took me a while to even think of some possibilities because there's just something about her voice that you I don't know. You can't even really imagine someone else singing the songs as she releases singles. Yeah. You know who I think would actually be really good at covering, like, maybe all of her songs would be Smithfield. Ooh. Actually, that's a very, yes. Like, I just feel like, well, Jen's voice and, like, their harmonies together. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why that just, like, came to me. But I feel like you said, like, why should I care? You said, like, Cassidy and someone else. I'm like... Okay, well, Lady Antebellum would, of course, knock it out of the park, but, like, Smithfield would be really good at something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but um, from time Mm -hmm. to time, these artists, and I'm always curious to see, like, what, are they just doing what we're doing? We're like, oh, I haven't listened to this album in a long time, and they're like, oh, that that song's super catchy. Right. Um, Maybe. All right, so it's just like us. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're just trying to play matchmakers. Nothing, nothing too boring here. Um, on to the medal stand. So we're at the Olympics. We're at the Sarah Evans Olympics. Does this album 
make the podium of one of the top three albums of her career? And if so, is it her gold, silver, or bronze medal? It's her gold. I agree. I, at least for me, personally. Like, if I had to go back and listen. Well, I'm trying to think of, like, her other albums. The one after this. So, so the one ooh. So the one the after, one after this, this had, ooh, had, like, Backseat of a Greyhound Bus, Perfect, Suds in the Bucket. Hmm. It's tough. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I would go with uh, Born to Fly because it did really like catapult her. And I think it made the other albums as good as they could be. I think like she had to step it up so much more after this album that we got so much better music from this album. If that makes any sense. Totally agree. Uh, I think I'm in agreement with you. I think this is her gold medal. It's like, uh, what's his name? Jonathan or, Oh, who's the guy that chased down uh, in this in the oh, in pool? Lezak? Oh yeah, right. Was it Jonathan Lezak or something like that? And something like that. It was like a photo oh. finish, and that that's kind of what this album. I think just just barely, um, you know, gets gets the gold um, ahead of her the, her follow up album, Restless. That. Had absolute smashes that you mentioned too. Backseat of a Greyhound bus, perfect, and suds in the bucket. But um, I think start to finish the hits on Born to Fly. It's just, and I think I think yeah. because like we mentioned, what it did for her career. I think that's got to hold a, a, a ton of weight um, in the category as well. So we're we're in agreement. She's getting the gold. Yeah. Oh, for sure. She's got it. Awesome. Uh, any other overall thoughts on the album? Uh, anything else to nitpick or highlight? No, I just, I think that, and it's probably true for like a lot of singers, but I feel like Sarah Evans really just does like the, the fun, like born to run or not born to run, (laughs) born to fly. But then she does like the really good, um, slow songs, like ballads. And I feel like she probably is one of the, the best at putting emotion into her voice and into all of her songs, whether it is just like a fun, you know, you know, little ditty, or if it's something like heavy, like saints and angels or something like that. That's a good point. She's definitely not a one trick pony. And this born to fly album just highlights that because she can go from the, the uptempo, you know, fun loving songs to, Oh shit. Like I can feel her heartbreaking. I can feel that this really means a lot to her. And I think, I think artists try to have that and try to find that, but she's one that, like you said, I think just really excels with just building that, that emotion up and, and making you feel like you actually feel that with her. Right. Um, so, and I mean, when they did the CMAs this past year and they like honored the women, she was brought back to sing yeah. Born to Fly. And I feel like that is a very like telling thing. And Eric Church was singing along to it. So that's when you know it's a freaking jam. Exactly. If Church sings it, it's a yeah. jam. You're good. Yep. <laughs> no, totally agree. Uh, this album changed her career, made her a country star. And I think she picked all the right singles. 
Um, which I agree. Is easier said than done, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm a huge fan of this album. Um, I think it's one that just encourage people, you know, as we're doing these podcasts, just to. I think nowadays it's harder to listen to the full album, or we forget what it was like listening to the full album. So right. just add it to your Spotify playlist. You can knock it out in an hour. It's totally fine. Um, so yeah, I love it. You love it. Good pick. Awesome. Well, that was a good first podcast episode of the album collection. Uh, stay tuned. We have Carrie Underwood coming up next. Uh, but make sure to subscribe, leave us a review, follow us on all our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the above. Uh, we're on Raised on that blog. And stay tuned for future album features on the album collection. Yeah.